I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Is your Bible fun yet? And a hush came over the crowd. Okay, enough of you. Uh, Yeah, that's the goal right there. Is your Bible fun yet? Yet. Has it happened yet? I only ask because I remember when I first came here to his place decades ago, and I heard Bruce preach, and I was like, I want his Bible. Mine is clearly defective. But his was lighting everything up and having all kinds of fun. And I was like, what does he have? And last week, last Easter week, I lit up again watching him like catch all these cool connections on this biblical treasure hunt through the Bible. We're finding all these neat things. And I was just sitting there watching it happen. And I thought, I should expose him. Because he's not a biblical genius. I hate to break it to you. If there are some of you who still thought that, he's not a biblical genius. He just found some secrets for reading the word, and he's just been practicing them ever since. So over the years, I mean, I came here, and I just decided I'm going to spend some time and figure out what they are so I can steal them. And I did. And I stole them. And guess what? They worked. They worked, and so I want to share them with you. But all they do is transform your perspective. That's what it's all about, transforming your perspective from seeing the Bible as a burdensome book, a burdensome book like that, just loaded with God's highbrow holiness. But it transforms it into this exciting but very simple story of salvation that Dad wrote down to draw us in. That's it. And here's the rub. These secrets are hidden in plain sight. All we got to do is just keep moving through the word. Just keep walking and you'll trip over them. That's how easy they are to find. That's how God designed it, as a matter of fact. Because this is how it works, guys. Down here, we are born dazed and confused. If If you don't identify with that picture, I hate to tell you, it should. That's us. We are dazed and confused, like wandering travelers with amnesia. That's who we are. But even before we know the Lord, we all know this isn't home. We can feel that. It's an instinct. They made a lot of movies premised on this thing. There's something about this place that's off, that's wrong. This is not where we belong. This is not home. We can feel it. But there is some sense of familiarity to stuff though, right? There's some fuzzy memories you can pick out. But we can't quite recall exactly what went down to get us down here. So we all kind of, whether we're trying to or not, we all compare notes and we collect clues and we share stories. That's it. That's what life is all about. That's what we're doing down here. And we do that so that we can try to make some sort of sense of things And then this very interesting thing happens. At some point in our lives, we come across the Bible. We just do. It's funny how that happens. We come across the Bible, and it's a book that claims to help us remember where we're going, who we are, whose we are, and where we belong. But the whole thing, this book that's going to help us remember, is a tricky trail of puzzling pictures that just don't seem to make sense right off the bat. Just listen to how the teacher 
the teacher of Ecclesiastes helps us, helps us out. He says, remember your creator. Okay, I'm trying. That's what we're doing. Remember your creator before the silver cord is severed or before the golden bowl is broken. Before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well or the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God. I hope that helps. Great. Now I'm confused and anxious. Something sure sounds urgent. Gold bowls and silver cords, but I just don't know what that is. It's not, it's not intuitive. Not super easy to understand. Does sound super urgent though. So Why? Why? I thought God loved us. Isn't that the whole, I thought that was the whole thing. I thought he loved us. Why would a loving God who also in his word says, I'm not a God of confusion. Why would he do that? Why would he give us golden bowls and silver cords? It's like everything that he wrote down was designed to raise questions. And it makes it hard to believe that Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. I don't know about you. Is that what gold bowls and silver cords do for you? Do they give you hope and assurance? I they make me more frantic. But here's secret number one. We're tripping across it right now. Secret number one. Be honest when you don't get it. Let's be honest. The Bible is not easy to understand. I'm sorry. I know it's one of those dangers. It's not easy to understand. It's easy to read. It has the same letters and words as every other book out there. But no one nowhere completely knows what the what every last little bit means. We're trying to figure it out. That's what's going on. And that's okay. That is okay, because knowing that you don't know, but that you want to know, is how you start a treasure hunt. That's how it begins. You are setting out to find what you don't have. That's the big step. You need to know that you don't have it. It's only those who think that they already have it that don't go hunting. They say things like, no need, no need to look, go on this. The real treasure was friendship all along. And I already figured it out. And I say, really? Really? Because we're looking for like gold and jewels and stuff. Like that's what I want to go on a treasure hunt for. Well, the easiest way to miss the meaning, these little treasures that are hidden in the Bible, miss the meaning in the Bible is believing that you don't need what you don't already have. If you think you've already mined everything that you need from the Bible, you're not going to go looking. Be honest. Be honest. And remember, remember this, remember one of Paul's core principles that he says in Corinthians, if anyone thinks that he knows anything, well, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Well, that's a, that's a good one. And it's, it's, it's just like Bruce likes to say, and I love this, just load it in. Just load it in and fight the urge to read into what it is that you're reading about. We get so caught up, we want to do that first. That's cart before the horse there. In other words, don't try to find that significance and that symbolism and that supernatural element without knowing the people, the places, and the plot lines. That is backwards. And looky there, what do we just stumble across? Secret number two, be open. 
Be open. Oh boy, we have to be willing to adjust our approach to the Bible. It's another tough one because we get into a rut. There's a way we like it and we do it that way. And it's comfortable. Mm, You have to be willing to break out of that mold. You got to let go of the textbook and pick up the storybook. Because the Bible was composed beginning to end as a book of about 215 standalone stories, maybe 250. I mean, there's people divide them up, but it's just a whole collection of about 200 and some odd stories that build on each other all together, like the ultimate like TV or movie series, right? They're all just these individual episodes in a single big story arc, which is why it's more Marvel movies than it is scientific study. That's it. The same way that you watch, yes, that's right. It can be like Marvel movies. That's good news, guys. So, so what I'm saying here, though, is don't make this mistake. Don't make mining for the mystical meaning your focus, or else you'll miss the message. Got it backward. That right there, when you do that, that's how things get hidden in plain sight. You look past them. You try and find something by looking around the thing that you're looking for. Don't do that. Look at the thing that's right in front of your face first. And because our busy brains are always trying to you know, help us out by sorting things out, and they've got a lot of info to process all the time, we categorize information in two ways. Study and story. Because you've got a lot of stuff coming at you, so it's trying to help you and just file that information away so that you can use it. But generally, we avoid the study category so that we can squeeze in more story category. We'll say things like, oh, I finally finished my homework, my math book, my science book, my book report. Now I can finally relax with a good book (laughs) or a TV show or a movie. Why? Why is that? Here's why. Study requires energy. But story restores energy. Huge difference. Huge difference. You're pooped after one. You're primed after the other. And unfortunately, because we turn to the Bible for answers, it's like we just see it that way. We see it as the answer book. Our instinct is to take it on as a study. We just think that we're going to receive it as the study. But hear this, just because the Bible is, in fact, solemn and sacred doesn't mean that it is strictly scholastic. It doesn't. It is full, chock-a-block, full of images and emotion to draw us into a world that we've never seen so that we can see ourselves through someone else's eyes. And that's what stories do. If you watch a good movie, you know you do this. We all say, I got lost in the movie. And you put yourself in there and you're there and you're feeling the emotions and you are, well, you wanna fight the bad guy and you wanna do all that stuff because you're in that story. And that's what they do. You didn't try to. They absorb you. They pull you in. And you become a part of it if you read them. They can't do that if you never actually open the book. But if you read them, they have that automatic power. And every single page contains colorful images to connect 
the uh, uh, colorful, the, the, the stories and the pictures throughout the scriptures, and they're all sitting there in the Bible waiting. These stories, tons of them, these engaging, drawing you in stories, waiting to be collected and considered so that they can open our eyes, so that we can realize that we can remember what we've forgotten. That's a big revelation, that we can actually know where we came from, where we're going, why we're here. You can know that. Isn't that right, Malachi? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, Malachi tells us, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. That's good news. That's good news. We can know the way. We can learn the truth. And we can find our life. We can. And you can have all of the treasure that you can carry in your heart. All the answers that you want stored up right there. So store them up. Store them up. And I can hear some of you. Young Noah. I can hear some of you. I don't want to. I don't want to look at the pictures even because I, they're weird. They're, well, they're boring. They're disturbing. They're confusing. And I don't relate to any of them because it's an old culture full of strange people. And I don't like it. And, and why do the images and the symbols all have to be so weird? Because it's written to be remembered. Do you remember? From five seconds ago, we just said, remember, five seconds ago, we just said a book of remembrance was written for those who meditate on his name. So you mean like we literally have to collect like weird names and stuff? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah. Bet you remember that one because it's weird. It was a thing that stuck out. We had that. We were reading it and saying, what's with the yaw? It stuck out and that forced you to engage it and think about it. And you saw what fell out of it last week. Oh, whoa. The truth. And I'll, and I'll tell you this too. You'll never forget it. You will never forget yaw and hallelujah again. That's how it works. Okay, I digress. Anyway, it goes on to say, the works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. Now, notice how it says the word study here. But it says studied by all who have pleasure in them. That's like obsessing over a good book. That's like studying Harry Potter. That's where you love it. That's what we do with stories. Study by who, those who have pleasure in them as stories. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. That's right. And engaging and fun and exciting. And, and, and take it from me. I mean... This is a guy who learned this in high school. Nothing makes, nothing's more memorable than weird. I made a whole career out of it in high school. It was the only way that anybody knew who I was. But nothing is more memorable than weird. And God wrote to you, to us, in the precise way that he wired us. So he knows what sticks out. And so he's going to use that to his advantage. And he did it that way to speak to you individually, profoundly, personally. Now, Marvel, the Marvel movies, they put Easter eggs in all their movies. If you guys are familiar with what Easter eggs are, they're, just, they're these hidden messages or images or features that are purposed. With, they're hidden in there, and they're purposed with exciting and enticing the viewer to make new connections 
and like consider new content, right? So I'll give you an example. In one movie, you catch a split second in the background of Thor's weapon vault, and in there you see the Infinity Gauntlet. Ooh. And as a result, everybody who knows all the stories knew that they were gonna be expecting Thanos, <laughs> right? Yeah, if you know those things. But imagine, imagine being determined to find these enlightening Easter eggs, right? You're like, your friend comes and says, they're full of these like really neat things that you can see that shed all this light. And you go, oh, I'm gonna be looking out for them. But you go into the movie and you don't know what a Thor is or a Thanos or an infinity gauntlet. So what would happen if you don't know what any of those things are and you go and looking for these Easter eggs? You'd fail. You'd fail miserably. Because without the stories, without, without knowing the stories, you would, all those deep, deliberate details will mean absolutely nothing to you. It's not a reference to anything else that you recognize. And you can feel like you really did look hard even though your basket's empty. I went looking, you said there was gonna be all these neat things in there, I couldn't find them. Well, did you see the gauntlet? What's a gauntlet? I don't know, that's the problem. And that is what happens when you look past the Bible's stories and try and study the stuff that you know is hiding behind them. Because we know there is. We know there is deep, edifying, perfect truth hidden in all of those stories. But don't put that cart in front of the horse. Don't go looking for that. Look for the stories. That horse is carrying the cart that's full of all that stuff. Anyway, you're not alone. We all tend to do this. This is what we want. We want that stuff so bad that we just kind of like put it out of order. But it's not just us. Look, after, after he rose on Easter, Jesus still had to explain to two depressed disciples why their baskets were empty and had to walk them through how each episode in God's word was part of one epic story arc. Luke 8 actually says, beginning with Moses and the prophets, which by the way, that's season one and season three of the Old Testament, really great. He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And later their eyes are open and they all, they recognize him and understand what's going on. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? And he opened, you know, each Old Testament episode and Easter egg in this one big story arc of the scriptures to us. Wow. Is that how it is when you read scripture? Or is it still more Bible study than Bible story? Not a walk in the park yet? Does it feel like that yet? That's what you want. And it's your perspective. It is your perspective that determines whether you reflexively avoid it or you embrace it. And right here, look at that. It's secret number three. Be humble. Be humble. Stop trying to be such a grown-up. Knock it off. Admit that you need help and get back to basics. Listen to Jesus when he says that true childhood isn't something to grow out of, but into. 
We have everything backwards. I tell you, it's just so funny the way he's, that's, that's it. Don't grow out of being a child. Grow into being a child. We need to see God as our dad to hear his word as his kid. You can only hear it that way, right? We got that? You got to be his kid to hear him as dad. Remember, he's dad and he's doing the heavy lifting. We're just doing the heavy listening. That's our job. John reminds us this from the beginning. He says, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, you know, as dad, believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Become children. How do you become a child? This is a counterintuitive answer. You work at it. Noah, you just said study was the bad guy at all this. You work at becoming a child? Sort of. Yes, you work at it. Because play ain't for the faint of heart. Ever play with kids? Have you ever played with kids? Is it easy? Yes, yeah. Is it enjoyable? Yes. Is it exhausting? Oh, absolutely. It is go, 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 stop. Unconscious, right? That's how it works. Oh, but oh, what sleep it is, right? We should all envy the rest of that pooped out preschooler. Because that right there, that's the good rest that comes from being good and tired after a day of play. Oh, it feels good. You guys, if you've had kids, you've seen this. Like they just, they can't even decide. It's just, it's time for the nap. And wherever they are, they go down, they hit the ground on an ottoman in an uncomfortable acrobatic stance. I don't know how they do it. But when you play that hard, you just crash. And that feels good. You just need it. And it's much different than the unrest that comes from being sick and tired after a day of work and school. And I'll tell you what, Jesus warns us of those who push that legalistic study over the lighthearted story. That's not the way it's supposed to be. He says this about him. He says, they tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders. So, let us be perfectly clear here. This is the rule to live by. If God's word is a heavy burden, you are doing it wrong. As a matter of fact, I want you to say that with me. If God's word is a heavy burden, you are doing it wrong. Does it say in the Bible that you, they will know us by our heavy burden and our like walk? No, it doesn't. Our love, our joy, this is the fruits of this thing. This is how that works. You're not supposed to feel burdened. If you do, something's going wrong. And it means that somewhere along the way, you did more than loading it in if it's loading you down. Somewhere you got off there, you started trying to dig, oh, be a kid, reset. And that's why the Son of God, Son of God, tries to teach us that. Over and over, when he, when he offers his help on being a child of God, if you had to pick one person, by the way, who should be the authority on how to be a child of God, I would turn to the Son of God. So this is good advice, and we should all listen up. Come to me, he says. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Because it's fun and exciting. It's fun and, he's got the right perspective. Jesus is showing us what it's supposed to look like. It is exciting. It blossoms, it's colorful, it's crazy, it's, it's everywhere. But it is certainly not effortless though. It does tire you out, you will fall asleep. 
Kids play. Kids play because they know to leave the dad stuff to dad. That's for him. And they don't play games like get your taxes done before Tuesday. No kid has ever played that game with good reason. They're stressful. They're not fun. That's not what you're supposed to do. It's not intuitive. They do what they are wired to do, which is have fun. And the way that they do that is they enter and explore other worlds with their minds using what they've heard. That's how it works. And we all do that. We've all been kids. We do it and we love it. So let's check real quick. Let's check how close to kid your approach has been in the past. What I want you all to do is just close your eyes. Close your eyes right now and listen to me do these spot-on impressions. <clears throat> Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas more. Okay, keep your eyes closed and look at those vibrant colors that your mind made. Right? You can look around. You know this story. You can see the setting and the characters and the costumes, right? It's rich. Or, Luke, I am your father, right? Instantly transported there. The mood, you can feel the mood, the darkness, the fear, the shock. He's the father? What do you think Luke is thinking, right? Okay, now one more. How about this? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You got anything? Any pictures? Hopefully, hopefully you got some pictures. You do see the cross, right? Right? That's where we should be starting. Unless there's still just words that are listed on your mind's doctrinal position. And you can open your eyes. That's what we're looking for, guys. We want those rich, rich pictures. Whether it's, whether it's from the silver screen or God's word, every single story paints a vivid picture that is full of colorful and compelling characters in this expansive and very engaging environment. Stories do that. And without any effort at all on our part, we hang those pictures in our mind as a permanent placement in our personal gallery. I can just say those, I can say, Luke, I'm your father. You can tell me all about the Sith Lords and Jedis and everything. Wow, that's all in that one picture, huh? That's cool. That's what stories do. And there they stay in your gallery, a treasure trove ready for you to just jump in and play any day, right there on the wall in your mind. And that's why that complex plot line of the Wizard of Oz is so much easier to remember than the simple stories in the Bible. It's because, 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 because of the mental images. Yeah, see, now you'll remember it had a song that was excellent. That's weird. <laughs> it was weird. I know. I know. This is all just premised on weird is good, and that really, that's good for me. Um, Anyway, we, we, we know this. You guys remember being disappointed? Disappointed if a book didn't have pictures? Oh, it's not a picture book. Dad gets out the book. Oh, it's one of those. We're going to learn, aren't we? Oh, boy. That's funny. But that's what the enemy wants for you in God's word. He wants you to see that. He wants you to see that there's no pictures, but it's full of them. It is full of pictures beginning to end. 
And remember this, Jesus did not say it's okay to become like a child. That is a misquote. Let's quote him correctly. He said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. There you go. Our 60-year-old birthday boy Bruce's big secret is that he's a big kid. That's it. I can attest to that. I'll tell you all the way around. He is just a big kid. And I've been working on being a big kid as well. And if you want to be one too, this is all it takes. Be prepared to be a big kid. We gotta work at it. Be honest. Be open. Be humble before you begin. And then... Be ready for dad to open your mind when you open his storybook to pick up that trail and find some treasure. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray, guys. Father God, we love you and we thank you for writing to us to share with us that amazing and transforming love that you have for us. Holy Spirit, help us to see past what's loading us down so that we can find the real rest that's living in your word. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for painting the perfect picture of our role in God's family, and we are eager to follow you as our ultimate treasure. And to that we all said, amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.